Hey, this is Pastor Mark, and before we get into the message today, I wanna to share with you about an exciting season in our church. We are in our stretch season, where we believe that when we stretch our faith, we can increase our reach. We know many of you are blessed by this ministry and the word that is preached each week, even though you may not physically be with us. We want to extend the opportunity to you to stretch with us in faith and finance. It's always incredible when someone moves from a consumer to a contributor and begins to give back to what they receive from. If you would like to participate financially in investing in this church, you can do so by visiting our website at anchorfaithvaldosta.com. You will find a giving link there that will allow you to give a donation online. We thank God for you. We consider it an honor to minister His Word to you. Thank you for being a part of this move of God. Amen. This is what we've been waiting for. It culminates today as we stretch together. And I know we've got some new faces, new individuals with us. And so I want to spend a little time catching us up. Um, but God is so good. God is doing so much in the earth. Last week was just a, uh, I believe, a prophetic word for our church. That God is not done and neither are we. I think that's our word going into 2019. God is not done and neither are we. God is still working. God is still moving. We live in dire times. We live as we examined a little bit, just the facts, right? Just what the reports say of the trends and the patterns and attitudes and culminating in behaviors that we see in our nation and in our land. But you know, when Jesus in Matthew chapter nine looked out on those that were hurting, those that were sick, those that were lost, those that needed him, he turned to his disciples and he said, the fields are white with harvest. That's an interesting statement in the midst of loss and in the midst of lack and in the midst of, 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 of people uh, that, you know, Jesus looked on, looked on them and used the phrase, they are sheep without a shepherd. They're scattered. And we see that today. I, I, I see people today that need a shepherd. I see people today that need some guidance, some direction, some leading. They have potential in them. They've, they've got such a great calling, such a, a, a great power that God has placed in every single human being on this planet, young or old, uh, accomplished or uh, uh, achievements, uh, doctorates, degrees, finance, status, promotion, position, whatever you, you can put on a person individually or, or just naturally speaking, compares, fails in comparison to what God has put in people. But you gotta have a shepherd, you gotta have some guidance and some leading and directing to draw that out. And Jesus looked on that crowd in Matthew chapter nine and said, you need to pray to the Lord of the harvest for laborers. What's he saying? We got work to do. In 2019, we have work to do. There is a work to be done right here, right now, to ignite the city, impact the nation, influence the world. And we can't do everything, but we will do something. I refuse to leave this planet with work undone. I refuse to let my life 
be just as a particle on a line, just a, just a fragment, just a, a, a figment, and, 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 and not allow even just that small glimpse of my life to not produce something for the kingdom of God. And so this is a, a season of perspective for our church. As I said, that we are stretching, and this is our, it's not a stretch series, it's a stretch season. It's a season uh, uh, here at the end of the year, when we look back on all that God has done, you know, God doesn't work year to year like we do, but it allows us to put a timeline down and say, from this point to this point, here's what God did. And, and so we are setting ourselves uh, here at this stage of the life of our church and, and, and where we're at together to agree together, stretch together, because we believe that when we stretch our faith, we can increase our reach. I believe when we stretch our faith, we can increase our reach. And many people want to exercise faith that's never been stretched. And it's dangerous to exercise where you haven't stretched. It's, you can pull something. You can, you can cause uh, harm rather than help when the stretching hasn't occurred. And the stretching is not the actual thing itself. It's the preparation for. And many people turn the year from December 31 to January 1 and have all kinds of resolutions and all kinds of ideas and agendas and, 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 and where they want to see themselves in 12 months, but where's the preparation for it? You want to break a habit or break an addiction, but there's no preparation to, to get yourself to a position where you can put that into place and actively pursue that. So the stretching is a preparation. It's not the thing itself but we are stretching to prepare ourselves for what God it wants to do in our lives and in this church. And in Matthew chapter 14, you don't have to turn there. I'm just going to do a quick recap. The first week we saw that uh, Jesus sent his disciples across to the other side. They end up in the middle of the sea and the storm hits, trial hits, tragedy hits, trauma hits. It's when you're in the middle. It's when you're in the middle where that stuff begins to show up. And we recognize that there were some people that stayed on the shore. You go to the beginning of that passage and it says that uh, Jesus sent the multitudes away back home, but he sent his disciples into the sea and the storm showed up. So we've got three types of people. We've got people that are on the shore and they're not ready yet to, to, to step out, leap out into the sea, even in a boat. But then once they got in the boat, the storm comes. And for one particular individual, Peter, that wasn't good enough to remain in the boat. He had to step out of the boat. And sometimes, uh, I, you know, there, there's always an opportunity where your faith demands stretching. Always. You'll never be void of that for the rest of your life. You'll never reach a level where I have lived my life of faith. I'm producing faith uh, 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 and, and I have reached the maximum usefulness of my faith. Your faith will always be stretched to do more. Believe more. Go further. It doesn't matter how much you've seen God do. That's just a setup to believe him to do more. And so whether you're stepping off the shore into the boat today whether you're stepping out of the boat into the water, we're all stretching today in some form, in some capacity. And so we saw that we've got to be willing to stretch and where we want to stretch or where we stretch 
reveals where we want to grow. It identifies. If I want to stretch in my finances, that means I want to grow in my finances. If you want to be in a different place financially, if you want to believe God differently in your finances, then you've got to stretch there. There's always capacities and always opportunities to stretch our faith. The next week, we saw the story of the rich young ruler, and we identified that we all have values. And our values are not determined by what we say is important. It's determined by what it costs us. It determines by the price you pay. You can't put a value on something and not associate it with the cost. And that's where most people get lost is they're not willing to pay the price for what they would say is valuable. And this is the thing is you're paying a price either way. The rich young ruler could have paid the cost that Jesus identified, but he ended up paying an even greater cost of not following and not obeying. It will cost you one way. You, you can, it will cost you to obey, but it will cost you even greater to not obey, to not step out, to not be in the will of God. And so we've got to recognize that our values have a cost. You'll never get away from that. You'll never receive something of value uh, that doesn't cost you something. I've been given things for free, but I don't value them quite as much as the thing that I worked my tail off for and, 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 and put down every, every dime that I had to make it happen. Those things are of value. Those things are the things that I end up treating better. They, I give more care and attention to. I talk about it more. It's the things that I've worked for that have cost me something that I really value. The third week we saw that anybody can be generous. And we can look at principles in the word of God as far as tithe and offering, uh, uh, the, the, the receiving of the tithe and offering according to the word. But, but we want to take it a step further and we want to talk about generosity because I believe when you get a generous heart, tithe and offering is a byproduct, no longer the goal. You know, I've, I've, I've talked to people that, you know, have, have stretched themselves naturally so thin that they cannot physically tie. Their, the, their paycheck literally goes to just living day to day. I had an individual, a couple actually, that didn't have, didn't have a habit of giving. And, and um, they, they came and said, you know, we, we want to tithe, but it's physically impossible. It's not there. And the first thing I had to identify was, well, it's always there because tithing is the first 10%, not the last 10%. It depends on what priority you give it. If you give it first place, then guess what? It's there and you just don't pay something else and you believe God that he's gonna meet the other needs. But, but where we had to start with them was the habit of generosity. And so I said, here's what you're gonna do. Every single service you come to and every single time an offering bucket comes by, you do not leave it empty. I don't care if you put a penny in. I don't care if you put 50 cents, a dollar. You get in the habit of giving. You just get yourself that it's coming by, I'm putting something in. It's coming by, I'm putting something in. You start there. Why? Because you got to change the heart. Generosity is not about what's in your hand. It's about what's in your heart. And some of the poorest people in the Bible were the most generous people. It was widows that were baking cakes for their son and, their, and, and themselves and then were gonna die that, that were identified as generous. It was a widow with two tiny mites, all that she had, and Jesus pulls her out, identifies her as being more generous than the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the religious people that had wealth beyond measure and could give whatever they wanted. 
It was the, the, the generosity of the Macedonians that, that Paul identified and compared to the Corinthian church and said, they gave when they had it and when they didn't. And so we discovered that anybody can be generous. Generosity is not what's in your hand. It's what's in your heart. And uh, last week, we began to identify the value of the church and why it's important that, that giving and generosity is a value for the church. And it's not a demand. I, I'm not preaching this message. Uh, I don't ever talk uh, you know, or minister on the subject of money out of compulsion to compel, to, to try to raise funds. Uh, that's not what we do. That's not what I do. This is God's house and God will take care of it. But he uses vessels just like yourself to help us meet the needs uh, to accomplish the vision of God. And so we went back to the book of Acts. We went back to the original first church. In the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2, we saw some very interesting things that were happening in that church. We saw generosity where they were selling land, selling homes, selling resources, and, and bringing it to the apostles and saying, distribute as you need. They were fellowshipping with one another, not having to be told to. They were uh, uh, applying and keeping the word that the apostles were teaching. They were devoted to the word. It wasn't just this half-hearted thing. I'm going to do my thing on uh, uh, Sunday, going to hear my message. And that's my little Sunday thing. And God never gets any other time with you. Some people, you know, they've got God on visiting rights. He gets weekends. And during the week, that's up to them. And so we began to see that we've got to get back to the initial value and the initial purpose of the church of the living God. And we discovered that God isn't done in the earth. He's not done moving. He's not done working. He's not done with this church. He's not done with, 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 with what he wants to do through Anchor Faith Church. He's not done with the United States of America. He's not done with this planet. He has not given up on it. You and I are an answer to a lost and dying world. Not this building, not this structure, not the stuff in it. It's the people that make the church. And that's how we advance the kingdom of God. Go with me, if you will, to Joshua chapter 4. We're going to wrap this thing up today. And then we're going to do what every message demands, application putting to practice the word that we preach, the word that we hear, putting it into practice. All of it should be practiced. All of it should be put to use in our lives. In Joshua chapter four and verse one, and, and I just want to give this disclaimer. I, I know we've got New people. We've got people in here with, with all sorts of length of tenure, uh, all the way from day one, seven years, uh, to maybe this time, this, this morning being your first time with us. Um, there are some uh, things that we're going to identify specific to the work and the purpose of this church and what God has called us to do. I'm not leaving anybody out. I'm not ruling anybody out. If anything, uh, it, it ought to encourage you that this church is doing something. We have vision to go somewhere and, and we're seeing God move uh, and, and you want to get hooked up and get to be a part of this thing. Um, but we are uh, focusing in, honing in right here on, on how we 
as a church can continue to be a blessing to our community, our nation, and our world. In Joshua chapter four, verse one, and it came to pass when all the people had completely crossed over to the Jordan that the Lord spoke to Joshua saying, now I wanna stop right there and I wanna make a statement for our church that I have been telling our leadership recently and that we have identified as pastors as a season in our church, we have completely crossed over to the other side. You, you may hear us and, and have heard us for at least 12 months now using statements like we're in transition, we're transitioning, we're going to, the, I'm, I'm here to tell you today, we are there. We have arrived in the next phase, in the next season. We are walking in what we have prayed for, believed for, stood for, uh, laid before God for. We are seeing it happen in fruition today. Reaching our community, uh, uh, moving into a facility where we can grow and we can house more of our ministries and, 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 and all the different things that we're doing. And now we've got to hone in our skills and now we've got to target with laser sharp focus what God has destined Anchor Faith Church to do and how we're gonna continue to reach this community for him. It's not about us. Nothing here is about us. I'll shut it all down tomorrow, lock the doors, throw it all in the trash. It means nothing if we're not reaching our community and advancing the kingdom of God. If we become an entity where we just feed ourselves and, and we just get fat off of our own uh, production and, and what God ha has blessed us with, if, if God cannot work through us and he can only get it to us, we shut it down, I will not be here next week. We will not be a fat church just sitting on what God has done, we're gonna give it away. He will work through us, period. But I'm here to tell you that, that we are there. We have crossed over to the other side. Verse two says uh, that the Lord instructed Joshua, take for yourselves 12 men from the people, one man from every tribe, and commanded them saying, take for yourselves 12 stones from there out of the midst of the Jordan from the place where the priest's feet stood firm. You shall carry them over with you and leave them in the lodging place where you lodge tonight. Then Joshua called the 12 men whom he had appointed from the children of Israel, one man from every tribe. And Joshua said to them, cross over before uh, the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan and each one of you take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribes uh, of the children of Israel, that this may be a sign among you when your children ask in time come saying, what do these stones mean to you? Building memorials for God was commonplace in the Old Testament. They would set up opportunities and monuments and, and, and it, would, it would symbolize milestones where God had brought them through, shown himself faithful, brought them to places that they thought they could never be. And so this building of this monument, why do we need something that stands in a place forever to remind us of what God has done? And he identifies it right here. He makes the statement that they will be a sign among you, watch this, when your children ask in time to come. 
And when I read that, I felt like that went against the grain of how we live our lives today. We live our lives for the moment, momentary satisfaction. We live, we, we, we do things for right now, but how much of what we do is impacting people that we don't even know yet? Generationally, he said, when your children ask, I, I don't want to build something that is just for me. I want to build something that stands to where my kids have to ask, tell me about this. Tell me about that. Because see, blessings have stories behind them. Every blessing, think about a blessing right now that, that God maybe has done in your life recently or, or, you know, a time where you can think that, you know, that God moved, God showed himself. It might've been a healing, might've been a financial burden lifted. It might've been, uh, uh, you, know, uh, uh, you know, just a, a scenario or a situation in your life. Think about it, right? There's a story that leads up to it. It's called a testimony. And those testimonies stay with you forever. Some of us have forgotten our testimony. Some of us have forgotten, put aside, laid down, not given any attention to the testimony of how God brought us through. Some of us have forgotten what it was like to live in the world. Some of us, we sinned with the best of them, man. Some of us have forgotten what God has done. There's a reason why God would stop and say, build a monument. Build something for me that allows someone else to receive off of what I did for you. It doesn't directly impact their children. You know, what we're doing today, right here in little old Valdosta, Georgia, has global impact. Global impact. We've literally had people come through here that tell me I've, we've been listening to you from another state for such and such amount of time and we just had to come see it. That happened not too long ago. And they keep up with all of our stuff on Facebook as we use technology to advance the kingdom and to, to continue to get the word out. They're, they're, this is going beyond. We have some, some major influence and impact beyond what you see. You have to know that. It's not this small little entity or organization. It's not this little thing that, that we do for ourselves. We are making a global, we are geographically impacting areas that are beyond our reach. We're stretching our faith to increase our reach. This stuff has to get online. It's got to get beyond these walls. And we've got audio, but we've got to get video online. People need to see what God is doing in this church, not as a substitute, not as a replacement. I will never encourage someone to, to, to join our church online if you can't find a church. I will encourage you, find a church, find a pastor, get someone that you can connect to geographically, locally. But if this ministry's word can be a blessing to you, we want to get it out. That's increasing our stretch. 
That's increasing our reach. Now we can impact people we never could before. And so he's saying generationally, you're going to set up a testimony. People are going to know I brought you out of Egypt. They're going to know I parted the Red Sea. They're going to know I took care of you and fought your battles and fought your enemies for you in that wilderness for those 40 years. They're going to know that I've brought you into this land that you don't even belong in. They're going to know about the walls coming down. They're going to know beyond you. Uh, He goes on to say in verse seven, then you shall answer them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord. When it crossed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off and these stones shall be for a memorial to the children of Israel forever. What we're building today is not for us. It's not for us. And so when we have this consumeristic approach of how it impacts us and the the buck stops with us, that's when we begin to turn our level of investment and our level of contribution and our level of participation. How does it feed me? Does it please me? And, and, And so much of our society is run off of that. You can, you can get any meal any way you want it. It's very rare for, for you to go to a restaurant and ask them to substitute a side and they say they can't do it. Very rare. Most of them will do it. Upcharge or whatever. You can get it any way you want. But in this house and in this place, we have to ask the question, how is God gonna continue to use this church to impact people beyond me. Because see, consumers, man, we, we, we think very little of how it impacts anybody else. We think very little. Our approach is, is how it feels me. And what happens is, 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 is we, we fail on the contribution side. We fail on the participation side. We begin to say, well, it doesn't work for me or I can't go there or or it doesn't do this or it doesn't do that or I don't like this or I don't like that. And this is what happens is, is, see, people that row the boat tend to not rock the boat. Do you hear me? When you're busy paddling, You're busy helping move the thing forward and and get to a goal. And we've all got a a mission and a goal in mind. We're, We're not asking questions of what it does for me. We're saying, how can I work with you? How can I help you? How can I, how can I support you? How can I come under you? And and, and we don't worry about time frames and how long and how short and how bright and how dark and how loud. We don't ask those silly questions when we're all paddling, trying to get to where God is calling us to be, recognizing I'm not building it for me. I'm building it for someone else. He's telling them to build a memorial, not because of what he did for you, but because I want to know, I want your children to know, I want generations beyond you to know, I want people that you're going to impact to know your God brought you through. Verse eight, and the children of Israel did so just as Joshua commanded and took up 12 stones from the midst of the Jordan as the Lord had spoken to Joshua. 
according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel and carried them over with them to the place where they lodged and laid them down there. Then Joshua set up 12 stones in the midst of the Jordan in the place where the feet of the priests who bore the Ark of the Covenant stood and they are there to this day. So the priests who bore the Ark stood in the midst of the Jordan until everything was finished that the Lord had commanded Joshua to speak to the people according to all that, Mo- all that Moses had commanded Joshua. Moses was a past generation. Moses was a previous season, but, but the, the words that God has given us in past years are still relevant today. And the word God is giving us today will still be relevant 10 years from now. And your children are going to grow off of what God's telling us today. His word is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It never fades. It never withers. It never goes away. And so what God is speaking into our church in each individual season is needed for us to get where we're going. Verse 11, then it came to pass when all the people had completely crossed over. The ark of the Lord and the priests crossed over in the presence of the people. And the men of Reuben, the men of Gad, and half the tribe of Manasseh crossed over armed before the children of Israel as Moses had spoken to them. About 40,000 prepared for war crossed over before the Lord for the battle to the plains of Jericho. I thought the promised land was supposed to just sit back and eat some milk and honey and, and enjoy these huge grapes that we found and, and just a, a time of, no, there's battles. What, what, what is ahead of us? What is before us? What are the challenges and tests and trials and, 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 and things that we'll have to overcome in years? I don't know, but I know that we're armed for battle. I know that we're going to look back on testimonies and we're going to say, do you remember when? Do you remember when? I mean, many of you don't even know the testimony or the story of how we even got in this place to begin with. And last year, in 2017, in about August of 2017, our church just all of a sudden began to explode. We were running numbers, maybe 60, maybe we would hit 90 uh, maybe, you know, we would top out over a hundred, maybe once a quarter. We saw them bumping there. And all of a sudden in August, every family's coming back and kids going back to school. We just started hitting 80, 90, started hitting a hundred consistently breaking a hundred. And if you remember our space, those of you that were there before our entire church could fit in this room, the whole thing, children's, We didn't have a foyer. You're either in the church or out the church. There's no halfway in. You know, you're there. Y'all remember that. And our little 96 gray chairs that we had in the sanctuary, our three tiny little classrooms that we have for kids, and then our big multi-purpose space that we use for elementary kids, parties, functions, and just all kinds. We just, we maxed it out. We did whatever we could do in that space and did as much as we could do. We were faithful with what God, with what God had blessed us with. So we knew that we, it's, it's time we need to find another building. And there was a building, you guys may remember the country cobbler building over in front of Publix on Gornto. The 10,000 square foot facility that they had just emptied and we began conversation. I'm telling you the story because it's a testimony. I'm telling you the story because there's a story to every blessing. Amen. Got to have a testimony. God will never get you somewhere without 
having you share how he got you there. Otherwise, they'll think it was you. And I'm about to tell you, we had very little to do with the miracle. We were faithful. We were patient. We stood in faith. We believed. But at the end of the day, there was very little we could naturally do to acquire what we have today. So we began negotiations with the country cobbler facility and they were asking just, it, it was a mass, it was gonna be a major jump. And money doesn't scare me. If that's what God wants to do, then he's gonna provide. But it just didn't make sense. It never worked out asking too much. And that went on for a couple months right before Thanksgiving. From October right before Thanksgiving. And finally we made a phone call. Remember it was a Tuesday morning. And I was at the other church, in the sound booth at the other church doing some work. And I made the phone call and said, it's just not going to work unless you can meet these terms and these demands. And we were already stretching it as it was. It's not, gonna, it's not feasible for us. Sorry, Mr. Brady, it didn't work out. If anything changes, we'll be in touch. Thank you. That afternoon, my wife texts me a link to this facility being listed online. And we had seen this facility, been in this facility. It used to be a Rugrats bounce house facility. We actually brought our staff here and, and did family things here. Uh, you know, my, my son ran up all over this place in black lights and jumping on, you know, big old huge uh, bounce houses all over this room, playing laser tag next door and, you know, all the, the, the stuff. It looked nothing like it does today, if you remember that at all. And so we, our, we knew the facility and it was, they were asking, they were asking half the price of what Country Cobbler was. Country Cobbler was 10,000 square feet. This facility is 14,000 square, 14,500 square feet. So we gained 4,500 additional square feet, which was really we, we gained the entire space that we, this is 4,500, that's 10,000. This space is bigger than our entire church before. So we gained that we had the space plus an additional 10,000 feet. It's just remarkable. I immediately got on the phone. It just so happened to be the same property manager that we already had at the other facility, already have a standing relationship. He said, I'll get you in today. This is two o'clock in the afternoon. I'll get you in today. He had been in a hunting accident and broke his back. And he was actually in the hospital. It's amazing he even called. But he said, my brother's working there and he can help you. So Nathan Smith got us in here. And it looked wretched when we walked in. But God just began to give us vision. Met with my architect. And he said, I built that building. I've got the drawings. Don't even have to pay the county or city to pull drawings so we can start looking at what we can do. He, he gave us the drawings and we just went to town right here on this iPad, just drawing away at where everything could be. Started getting vision, began negotiations and we, we actually came in less. We made an offer. He took it, came in under what they were even asking. We did not even double in rent from that space to here and we doubled our price, or, uh, you know, we, we cut our price per square foot in half from what we were paying at the previous location. So when we signed the lease, we knew we had a big project on our hands. And those of you that saw it, you know that. Now, I signed the lease December 
21st, three days before Christmas Eve. Signed the lease with not enough, not near enough in the bank to do what God called us to do. Signed the lease and said, I don't know how we're going to, he, he gave us 90 days from the date of signing to do any remodel, no, not charging us rent so that we could at least get in and have church. We weren't, we didn't, we, there was, there were so much we had to do just to meet here, just for the fire department to allow us to even congregate here. One of them was installing the sprinkler system that's above your heads throughout the entire facility. And the owner paid for that. All of it, up front. We pay a portion, just a, just a, a third of it in our rent every month. But, but he paid for the whole job up front. $40,000 job to get us in here. Who does this stuff? So we signed the lease. And I remember it was New Year's Eve, just a regular old Sunday. It was a Sunday last year, New Year's Eve. Regular service, nothing special. And that night, uh, I was actually up watching another minister do a New Year's Eve service at their church. Camden was sitting on the couch with me. And we had touched and agreed about a week before, and we said, if, if we could have another $20,000, I, I think we could have enough combined with what we have to at least get in the facility. And I mean, we were, we were cutting out probably 75% of the projects that we knew we needed to do, but just to have, that included the bathrooms, that included, you know, not include a stage, lighting, it included nothing. It was bare bones just so we could have church there. Put up some classroom walls. We said, this is an amount. We believed. New Year's Eve, about 11.30 that night, uh, if you remember last year, our online giving was through PayPal. So I would get notifications when giving came through and a notification pops up for $20,000. Never happened in the history of our church. So we're sitting there and, and I, I think it's a joke or a scam or I don't recognize the name. I don't recognize the name. So I'm calling people in St. Augustine thinking maybe it was someone in our St. Augustine location that gave or meant to give it to them because they're buying a mall. <laughs> you think this is big. They're, they're buying a mall. Couldn't find anybody. So finally, we went on to our check-in system. It was an individual that had came that morning for the first time. This stuff just doesn't happen. Exactly what we had agreed to, believe for. Got into January, more finance came in, and we have been able to do far above and beyond what we thought we could accomplish to provide a space where ministry could happen at a very high and excellent level. What we thought would take two or three years to accomplish, we've been able to accomplish in 12 months. A lot of hard work, a lot of sweat, a little bit of blood, not a whole lot of blood. And no tears. Favor of God on, on every contractor that we hired, every project we did. And God is just getting started. I'm telling you this today because you're giving and you're sowing into a vision 
that is accomplishing the purpose of God. And God will make sure that we have no lack and that we have no need that goes unmet if we will put our hand to the plow and not look back. And I'm not asking anybody in here to do everything. That is ridiculous. There's no one here. I don't care how wealthy you are. I don't care how much you have in the bank. You cannot fund this mission. Period. You cannot do it. But all of us doing something will help us accomplish what God has called us to do. And today we ask that you stretch with us. We, we ask that you put faith to your financial giving, going above and beyond. And I know for some people that may mean the tithe. We have eliminated that or have not had that practice. That's a stretch and we recognize that. We want you to commit to that today, that you will tithe to this church. You will bring 10%, the first 10% of what God has given you. We said this, that tithing is not a question of how much of my money will I give to God. Tithing is how much of God's money will I keep. It all, it all belongs to him. And he doesn't need your money. You need his blessing. That's why we do that. But for many of you in this room, we're going to stretch to continue to see God do more because he's not done yet and neither are we. You keep on going down here. Start with verse 19, Joshua chapter four, verse 19. And now the people came up from the Jordan on the 10th day of the first month. They camped in Gilgal on the east border of Jericho. And those 12 stones, which they took out of the Jordan, Joshua set up in Gilgal. And he spoke to the children of Israel saying, when your children ask their fathers in this time to come, saying, what are these stones? Then you shall let your children know, saying, Israel crossed over this Jordan on dry land. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan before you until you had crossed over, as the Lord God did to the Red Sea. If he did it before, he'll do it again, which he dried up before us until we had crossed over, that all the people of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord, not for them, not to get you somewhere, not to get you and do some miraculous, miracle for you that all the people of the earth may know the hand of the Lord. It, it is mighty that you may fear the Lord, your God forever. Worship team, if you'd come. And the rest of you, if you would turn to Judges chapter two. We're building something here. You know, this year has been a very long year been very tiring. It's been costly in some aspects because what you value will always have a cost. And I look back with gratitude, gratitude for what God has done, gratitude for what God has orchestrated, gratitude for the people that God has sent to us so many names and so many people across this congregation that have given your time, your resource, your finance, your efforts, whether it's just picking up a box and moving it, whether it's construction, putting up walls, whatever it took, we've seen our church rally together this year. 
but it's not for us. It's not for us. And in Judges chapter 2, we see the danger of when the word and the work doesn't pass from one generation to the next. In Judges chapter 2, Look at verse 11. Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals, and they forsook the Lord God of their fathers. They forsook the Lord God of their fathers who had brought them out of the land. And they followed, they followed other gods among the gods of the people who were all around them. And they bowed down to them and they provoked the Lord to anger. They forsook the Lord, served Baal and the Ashtoreths. And the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel. So he delivered them into the hands of plunderers who despoiled them. He sold them into the hands of their enemies all around so they could no longer stand before their enemies. Wherever they went, the hand of the Lord was against them for calamity as the Lord had said and as the Lord had sworn to them and they were greatly distressed. It's imperative that what God does in our lives is passed on beyond us. I don't want to live a life where I obeyed God and I don't want to live a life where I got to see God move in my life but I don't pass it on to the next generation and I don't pass it on to geographical locations that are beyond me I don't want to miss one person that God wants us to impact it's not for us it's what God can do through us it's what God can do through us. Right now we have ushers standing by. They're gonna hand you a, a stretch commitment card. They're gonna hand you a stretch commitment card. We don't need your name. I don't need to know who you are. This is your opportunity to commit to stretch with us. Many of you have prepared to stretch today. Today been seeking the Lord. God has put uh, an amount on your heart. What are we going to do? How are we going to stretch this year in our year-end one-time offering? But we want to give you the opportunity to stretch above and beyond. So those ushers are going to uh, hand those out. We want every single person to take one. And there's two things on this card. One, you can identify an amount that you want to stretch above and beyond with for the next 12 months. It might be $10, $20, $100. Above and beyond. But there's another side where we want you to fill out names of people that you're going to stretch to reach to see in this church, to see come into the kingdom of God. It's not about money. It's not about finance. It's about extending our reach. People are always, always the reason why we do what we do. People 
are always the reason why we do what we do. So we want you to take those cards home with you. We want you to pray and seek the Lord. That's not something you have to turn in today. But we want you to stretch with us. We want to continue to see the kingdom of God advanced in everything that we do. There are people on the other side. We've got to get there. We've got to reach them. It's not an option. We have to see the kingdom of heaven come to the earth. That's why we're here. It's our mandate. It's our responsibility. Now here's what I want to do today. I know many of you have already begun to prepare offering your envelopes. If you're giving online, you can do that as well. Here's what we ask you to do. Mark your check or your envelope as vision giving. Vision giving. If you're giving online, you can designate vision giving. If you are uh, texting your gift today, you can text it to 84321. 84321. You can text that. And then after you put your dollar amount, you can put vision and it will be designated for that. This is for us to expand, to advance, to reach more. God is not done. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website at anchorfaith.austin.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church podcast.